tonight, I'm going to talk to you. I didn't come to entertain you. That's not my purpose. Get somebody else to do that. I'm here because there's seven billion people. Seven billion with a B. Seven billion people teeming masses multiplied millions of waves of millions of waves of millions of people. If you call a Christian every person that puts some form of Christian over their name, Roman Catholics, Mormons, Jehovah's Witness, anyone who in some way identifies with Christian. All of them. Do you know if every church in Atlanta, Georgia was full three times this Sunday? 72% of the people of Orlando couldn't get in a church. What are we doing? What, like, what are we doing? See, like I told you, when you get my age, questions haunt you. Like, I don't want to think that I have spent my life for nothing. If Jesus came tonight, at least five billion people would be going to hell, five billion, like your nephews and your aunts and your cousins and your neighbors and the girl that puts the stentions in your hair. I was talking to the women, fellas. Here's what's worse. No one cares. No one's losing any sleep. How long has it been since you were fasting because you forgot to eat? Because you were so consumed by the Holy Ghost. Because God put a burden, a weight, a heaviness upon you. Because somebody you love, somebody you know is going to hell. We need to stop growing churches and start growing the kingdom because I've seen a lot of what church growth produces. And it's just a bunch of deceived people that think they're on their way to heaven and they're not. You mean I can sit in church every service? You mean I practiced my dance? And I got it down and I can do it. You mean I'm a deacon, an elder, a bishop, a pastor, an evangelist. Brother called not long ago, said one to come to World Harvest, hold a revival. He was an evangelist. I said, how many people did you win to Jesus this month? Well, it's not that kind of evangelism. Like, I like to get people free in their money. 
I know what you like. You like to be on Instagram showing a car that you got on a note and had to call me to ask me to help pay the bill. You think that doesn't happen? That's happened three times to me in the last five years. Be all over the internet telling how rich they are and how God has blessed them. Show they house, not a stick of furniture in it. I'm talking true here. What are we doing? Where's holiness? Where's purity? Where's dedication? Where's consecration? Where's something from your life on the altar of sacrifice? I'm going to freak you out. The kingdom is not about you. It's not about you. Five billion people. Five billion. Your son? Well, I, I'm believing they get in. No, you're not. You didn't give up a single meal this week for them. You didn't get up at 3 o'clock not one time and go get in your garage floor or your closet like my mother did and scream out to God till she had no voice left saying, God, I will not let you go until you save my children. We don't even know what to clap about. I need Let's get the ushers out. I need to line you up and knock you down so everybody can say we had church. Right? Right? Now here is the issue. We don't know what time it is. Well, thank you, Mom. We don't know what time it is. My children, stand up, Ashton Blair. Show these people how beautiful you are. That's my baby girl. Okay, sit back down. You're taking all their attention from me. Ashton Blair graduated at the top of her class. Then she went to one of the most prestigious universities in America. And she graduated with a very high GPA. And then she went and got her master's degree. And, then, and not one time when she was growing up. I'll bet these girls don't either. Pastors, beautiful girls. Not one time did she come down the stairs in the morning and present herself in front of me and say, Oh, Father. My Father. What is it thy willeth for me today? Not one time. Because the will of God is not something you find, it's something you get up in. If you're born again, if your Holy Ghost filled, if you're led by the Spirit of God. I don't wake up every morning looking for the will of God. If you are, you are lost. I make it plain. Because she knows what I would have said to her. 
young lady. Stop calling your children dumb. Dummy. Stupid. Young lady. Go back upstairs. Get your book back. The one with the homework already done in it. Put your school uniform on and come back down here and eat your cornflakes. Take your bowl, go rinse it out in the sink because your mother is not a maid. She made her bed before she came downstairs. Her room didn't look like a cyclone hit it. There was order. The only reason for her to have missed my will would be because her alarm wasn't set right. Look at somebody say, set your alarm. Say, set your alarm. I'm, I'm feeling so. Say, set, say, set your alarm. Because tonight I want to talk to you about sounding an alarm. My God, somebody shout, sound an alarm. Sound an alarm. Shout it. Sound an alarm. This is your wake-up call and you've hit snooze for the last 12 years. Get up. It's time to get up. Wake up. The only way for her to miss my will is if her calendar is off. And she thinks that it's Saturday when it's Friday. Because on Saturday, she could do what she wanted. And the church has been on vacay. No, I don't mean vacation. I mean vacant. Vacant from your calling. Vacant from your anointing. Not showing up at prayer meeting. Not showing up in the middle of the night when God touches your heart and says, pray for revival at New Beginnings in Orlando, Florida. Somebody to wake up and say, God, give me souls lest I die. Somebody that remembers I haven't eaten since last Thursday because I got a burden for my family. Lift your hands and say, give me a burden. It's not natural. A burden's not natural. You have to pray for it. Be seated. Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. You have a Bible? It's a good thing to have in church. Scare the hell out of you. Get a Bible. I didn't mean to offend your children. They're supposed to be in children's ministry. You got a Bible? If you got it on your phone, however you got it. It's amazing to me how many Christians go to church without a Bible. That's like going to war without a weapon. Now, some of them have a sword. They got the whole thing. Some of them have a dagger. They just got the New Testament. Whatever you've got, grab it. Joel chapter 2. Do you have it up there? If you don't, it's okay. Joel chapter 2. Blow the trumpet 
where? In Zion. He's not talking to the world. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to you and me. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Got to find one first. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. Where's the trembling church? Let the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord comes. Mm, mm. Everybody get ready to shout. Of the Lord, the day of the, this, of the charismaniacs. This is the day. This is the day. No, this is the day. He's going to describe it for you. It's a day of gloominess. Woo! It's a day of thick darkness. A day of clouds. As the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people, a strong. There has not been ever the light, neither shall be any more after it. Even to the years of many generations, a fire devours before them. He's not talking about you. He's talking about your enemies. There is a kingdom of darkness. It's right above your head. It's waiting outside these doors. It'll cause that thing across the aisle from you at work to bat those fake eyelashes. It'll sell you a lie that you will believe. People say, yeah, but I believe. Oh, I know you do. A lie. You believe a lie. But you believe it. But it doesn't change the outcome. You're damned. I can't fix them. The gospel can fix them. The issue is that nobody preached the gospel. They preached their opinion, but not the gospel. I'm going to ask you a question. Where's America in Bible prophecy? Where is it? Oh, America will never fall. Listen to this. In 1900, oh, by the way, we also have 1,201 Holy Ghost filled fire baptized churches in Ukraine. Maybe now you want to pray. Maybe now it matters. I have pastors calling me all day long, sending me videos where they're hiding out with women and children trying to flee the nation. 1,201 congregations. I can show you their pastor's pictures. And they're crying out. Pastor, we need help. 
What if that was here? What if that was here? Is your salvation sure? Or do you have a selfish salvation? Here's how you can tell. Hey, I can tell you're going to invite me back. Here's how you can tell. It's good. Help us. Think about your prayer life if you have one. Think about your prayer life. The average evangelical, that's like us, evangelical pastor in America prays eight minutes a day. Eight minutes. Those are our leaders. What kind of shape are y'all in? God forbid that I should sin against him by failing to pray for you. What kind of pastor doesn't pray for his people? I go past her office and her shades pulled, but I can hear her crying like some kind of an infant child looking at a screen with three, four, five thousand former Muslims having her pray for them. This is the kingdom. This is not your little corner. This thing is global. Why we got everybody planting in America? We got churches all over America. We got 14 services a day, none of them full. And we got 29 campuses and ain't nobody there either. But ain't nobody planting in Pakistan. Ain't nobody planting in Ukraine. Ain't nobody planting in Togo. And we have 40 churches. 40 churches in communist Cuba. Don't be talking to me about your little show on Sunday. I'm talking kingdom work. I'm talking the highways and the hedges and the byways, the forgotten, the disgruntled, the disenfranchised, the hurting, the broken, the bruised. Where are they? <laughs> In 1954, struggling little preacher in the in the voice of healing revival like real things not people staged in wheelchairs like the real thing like real prophets that prophesied something other than getting their wallet full real prophets hmm? You know how easy it is I come in here tonight? I could tell 95 people in three minutes their name, their address, their phone number. It's really easy. And when I start doing it, everybody goes, All they did is receive the offering first and put a camera on your checkbook and have it told to them on their cell phone. Happens every Sunday. I did it in my church. 
Oh, people were crying, shouting. I said, hey there, Billy Bob, one, two, three, crazy person lane. How do I know your name? God told you. I said, God didn't tell me nothing. And I had the cameraman say, put it up there on the screen. We're so duped. We don't have preachers and prophets. We have entertainers and playboys. If I see one more man without a shirt on, why are you looking at me funny? Oh, they're influential. For whose kingdom? I'm the only one brave enough to say it because I don't need nothing. I've already had New York Times bestsellers. I've already filled up the biggest arenas in America and the world. I've already been on 17,000 television stations. I don't need nothing. I'm 65 years old. I have a right to say this. I have earned the right to say this. A.A. Allen was a member of the great healing revival with Dr. Oral Roberts, with Dr. Lester Summerall, with, with Amy Simple McPherson, with Jack Coe. A.A. Allen, 1954, was in New York City. He was standing on the top of the Empire State Building. And up there, they had binoculars that you could put a dime in and you could see all the way out to the Statue of Liberty. And he was standing there and God in 1954 gave him an open vision. I've had three of those in my life. People that tell you they have one every week don't. The whole scene disappears. And the whole earth becomes a screen. And God begins to show you things. Would you like to know what he saw in 1954? He saw the Statue of Liberty. It's six or eight pages long. You'd have to read the whole thing. But the major thrust of it is this. He saw the Statue of Liberty be overwhelmed with smoke. And when it did, she staggered like a drunken man and she fell on her knees. She struggled a second time and arose from her knees. And then another wave came. She fell again to her knees and over on her face. And God gave him the scripture and she never rose from the sea again. Nineteen hundred and fifty-four. We don't know what time it is. We don't know that Jesus may come before you take your shoes off. We don't understand that you may have locked the doors at your house for the very last time. We don't understand that before he preaches next Sunday morning, 
God may rend the heavens. His crack of his long whip billow out like the crash of a thousand cannons and faster than the fleetest hoof ever struck a pavement or wheel ever turned on an axle. Jesus is coming again. Well, I don't believe that. Well, you weary when he comes. You don't want to be in bed with your lover. And if you're blood bought and you're blood washed and you're Holy Ghost filled, you're coming out of here like a magnet attracts a great automobile swung over a, a, a wrecking yard and that automobile leaping through the sky and crashing upon that magnet. That's how you're leaving here. Are y'all all right? Because they're giving me a time about every three seconds here. Now, we're used to 20-minute sermons and hour and 15-minute services. We don't know what to do. But we're mad if a movie's under two hours. How come we shout when a football game goes into extra, in, uh, extra time but, or a baseball game goes into extra innings, but we can't find our clap when the preacher is super-powered and the anointing of God is flowing down the harness over the sapphire sill of heaven's gate. We don't know what time it is. Here's where we are. There's not a single verse on your, in your Bible or mine that must be fulfilled prophetically before the rapture of the church. Hapazo, to be caught away in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. That's not when he's coming back to the earth. That's a whole different thing. That's seven years later. People are like, huh? Huh? You claim you love him. You don't love his word. It's Netflix for you. Somebody needs to make a Netflix of the Bible. Maybe somebody will watch it. Look, they're like, yeah. Or you could just get a Bible open in front of you and search out your own salvation. You have to work for that. The rapture of the church could occur in the next three minutes. Think about the next, that the next time you're screaming at your wife or you're making a stupid decision. Where? No. Well, I don't know. Pastor, I, I need, you know, I'm a Bible person. I need, like, I need Bible. I need, okay. Uh, how about this? Jeremiah 5.30. Unspeakable. Here's a good text for all you preachers next Sunday. Unspeakable. Ready for the next word? Sickening. What's happened in this, what has happened in this nation? Prophets preach lies. And priests 
hire on as their assistants. And my people love it. They eat it up. Yeah. But what will you do when the end comes? When's the last TV preacher you heard take that for a text? What will you do when the end comes? Because they all trying to win friends and influence people, and I already did that. I'm not trying to build anything. When I hit 60, my pastor told me you spend the rest of your life pouring into people. That's it. Everything you've received, you have one purpose. Give it away. Everything. Everything. Like, I don't have to be here tonight. I don't need a paycheck. How many of you already knew who I was before I got here? Raise your hand. Oh, okay. Do you understand? And I love you. And it is sickening to God what is passing for church. It is a foul stench under the nose of the master. I can come in here. I could have come in here tonight. I really wanted to. And just talk about my legacy and talk about whose spirit is in me and lay hands on all of you. That's what I wanted to do. You would think I want to come in here and talk about it's sickening. But if this wasn't such a great church, I couldn't. You're the last hope. You're it. We lose you, we've lost the whole business. Pentecost is dying. Preachers that grew up in Pentecost, not like this man, not like this woman, who say, run the aisles, shout your head off, dance and move and glorify God and we'll lay hands on you with enough oil. You look like a greased pig at a county fair. We don't care. We are, we are after God with a whole heart. One of my assistants went to a church the other day. I sent him to all three services just to spy. I did. I do it all the time. They've been here. You think I'm kidding, don't you? They've been here. They'll bring me seven, eight-page reports about what goes on. One church in my city, this two Sundays ago, told the people five times that they will never have a service longer than 40 minutes. I'm like, I can't make the announcements in 40 minutes, huh? I'm from Kentucky. I talk slow. But we're losing. You don't think we're losing? You don't think we're losing? Look, Harvest Preparatory School has seven or eight state championships. That's our school. 800 students. They play in the Columbus City League. They don't play the Christian schools. 
And when they, we're not used to losing. We just won a ninth straight title in nine years. And I've been with those coaches at halftime when we're behind. You don't want to be there. I'm telling you right now. We got a football coach. He is a master at not swearing, but letting you know that's what he's doing. I mean to tell you, he will just give you a blue streak. And I sit in there and listen, you cuss at these boys and we're going to have a difficulty. He always wears a bow tie, just looks at me and grins. Honey, it's way past halftime. It's way, way, way past halftime. And night is coming when no man can work. It's over then. Have you had a vision of eternity, preacher? Do you preach with eternity in your heart? Do you preach like a dying man to dying people? One great preacher said, you need to preach so that they either end up hating their sin or hating you. I don't need you to be my friend. You don't need your pastor to be your friend. Quit pulling and tugging at him to part chicken bones with you or eat Sicilian food with you. He is responsible to get you and your house and your family and your extended family into heaven. That's his responsibility. When did we forget Jesus is coming? When did we forget that? And there are only two kinds of people on this planet. Only two kinds of people in this room. And it's, it, you know, it's not black, white, brown. It's, it's not that. Everybody wants you to believe that. But if I fall over dead and I need some blood... Please don't look at nobody's skin. Just give me some blood. Would you just give me blood? Because the life is in the blood. And the life of the kingdom is in the blood. Shout Jesus is coming. He may come tonight. Immediately before he comes, there's something called the battle of Gog of Magog. Gog is a principality. Gog is a spirit. Gog has been around for all time. There are three wars attributed to Gog of Magog in your Bible. And another in the book of the Revelation. Gog is a prince of Magog, a principality. There's one in Orlando. There's one in Columbus. In Columbus, it's a homosexual spirit. 
We have the second largest per capita homosexual population in America, second only to San Francisco, California. It's a good thing I know that or I'd be scared to preach about it. But I'm not. Because when God put me there, that principality got informed of who's in authority there. Why do you look at me funny? When I get off that jet, every single time I take authority over every principality and every power. Brother Summerall said, before you let your foot touch the ground off your jet, you make sure that you bind every spirit there and make them tuck tail and run like a junkyard dog. We need people that love nothing but God and fear nothing but God. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.